Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance Guests on the Goodyear Hotline. So we had an interesting little moment here. So we're just talking about the stadium proposal. Not a fan of the stadium proposal. Not a fan of the arena proposal. Not my thing. I get that some people like it. Again, I, I would, it would never occur to me to share the most intimate and private moment, perhaps of my entire life to that point, with tens of thousands of people who do not care. Like Hembo just showed me the video of, again, we just did a story about a guy whose stadium proposal went up on the screen and he wasn't sitting in the seat because there was an issue with a roll cue or something like that, which is a television term. I don't even know if you know what I mean by that. But like someone was supposed to tell him, now go, and no one did. So what they got was, will you marry me? And just some woman sitting there by herself. That said, he eventually makes his way down to the seat. They have like this nice moment. They capture it on the screen for like two seconds and then go directly into a hype video. Like, here we go, dolphins. And this is what I'm talking about. Like, you're sharing this moment with tens of thousands of people who do not care, who are moving on to the next thing immediately. Now, we just had this conversation. Mr. Rich, who is our camera operator and has been with us, Hembo and I, since we started Get Up four years ago, and he is a crazy Met fan, tells us in the break, somewhat, I don't know, sheepishly, is not the right word. I would not describe you as having been sheepish. He says he proposed to his wife. Was it at Shea Stadium? It was at Shea Stadium. You proposed to your wife at Shea And how long are you married now? How long are you married now? How long? Four years? Oh, to a second wife. I see. So the stadium proposal marriage did not last is what you're telling me. It, it, is, it is no longer operative. Okay. It lasted 15 years. So this is what I'm saying is I just, I, I think, look, I'm not trying to cast aspersions upon the marriage, the marital bliss of all of you who chose this option. <laughs> I'm merely saying that, A, I never thought it was a good da- idea. B, now it has been done to death. Like, if, in, if there was ever a point in time when it was a creative, fun, different idea, that point in time has long since passed, to right? Me, yes, I agree. This is, this, is, this is on the Dolphins, like, staff. Like, who, whose idea is it for, for this gentleman to... Like uh, make, to make a grand entrance. Like, is there anything wrong with him just being there? Like, <laughs> what was it going to add any value that he walked down the stairs? Marketing people are funny, aren't they? Like, <laughs> I don't first get it. we have the medium soda people. One day, you know, well, here's what we can do. Here's how we'll show our appreciation to our fans. We'll give them a medium soda. And now you got another person saying, you know, let's take the stadium proposal to another level. <laughs> Let's actually have the guy enter like he's walking into the octagon in order to try and, uh, and get himself engaged here. So anyway, all this is a terrible idea. It needs to be rethought. They're also both Jets fans yeah. at, in Miami. So is everybody They're in Miami. making him wear. Have you been like, to a game in Miami lately when no, a New York team is playing but they're there? all wearing Jets gear, and he, I guess they made him or asked him to wear a, a, a Dolphins beanie with all of his Jets gear. The whole thing is confusing. Maybe they, set him, maybe they set him up. See, that's what what's missing here is, is that the Dolphins staff set him up to look like the, you know, the donkey that he is for proposing at a stadium anyway. Wow. Nuno taking it a step farther than I might have, to be honest with you. I'm not sure I would have gone quite that far. You think the marketing people framed this? <laughs> that's it. You know what? Here we go. We got a guy. He's a Jet fan. We're going to humiliate him by making him wear a dolphin hat and then we're going to pr- he's going to propose to his wife in his own absence. I-, I think all that might have been a plan. Okay. Let's get back to the sports here because we got a lot of stuff going on. Here's the question of the day. Where's my here we go? You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Is it over? 
for two super high profile people after last night. You want the coach or the player first? Nuno, you're the producer. You want me to deal in the coach or the player first? Well, we know the answer for the coach, so that's a quick one. So let's get that one out of the way. Okay. Is it over for Matt Nagy after last night? Any thread or shred of a chance he had of maintaining his job comes to an end last night in just a dismal, unwatchable performance where his rookie quarterback does not look to be making any significant progress. They have no offense. We just ran through all the things. They crossed the midfield. They crossed midfield. They had six possessions that went into enemy territory, which netted zero points. Uh, they had four personal found penalties, four drops, um, three fumbles. They, 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 they just were awful. They were awful and are awful. So, do we believe it is over for Matt Nagy as of last night? Hashtag crew. Hambo. 100%. Nuno. Yep. Baba. Yes. Okay. The next question is maybe a little more nuanced, and that involves a player who didn't even play. Baker Mayfield. Do we think that if this season, if the Browns had won that game last night, if Daniel Carlson's kick is no good on the last play of the game, or any other thing happens that gives the Browns a win, you realize the Browns would be in first place in the jumbled, confusing, and very, very mediocre at this point AFC North. Instead, they are currently outside the playoff picture looking in, and they're going to need a lot of help. They're going to need a lot of things to go right, and they don't have a lot of winnable games left on their schedule. They do have division games, so they have a chance to play their way back in it. But if they miss the playoffs this year, do you believe they go a different direction at quarterback from Baker Mayfield, Hembo. Yes, I think they do, and I think they should. What direction? Do, well, let, let me save that. Nuno, yes or no? Do they go a different direction from Baker Mayfield if they miss the playoffs? Not at the beginning of next year, no. You think they do bring him back? I think they do bring him back, but it opens up the questions about Stefanski because I would be looking at the fact that you almost won that game. In the situation you were in, I would be asking why the heck has Baker been playing when he was hurt so bad and because when you had guys on the team that could actually help you win those games that would have given you that division. Well, certainly Case Keenan would be at the top of that list. And again, he wasn't available last night either because of COVID protocols. But he, I would assume, would have been better than um, than what they got last night. And final stop is Bubba. Bubba, yes or no? Will we? Will this be the end of Baker if they miss the playoffs? No, he will be back next year. Okay. I, I kind of tend to think that as well. Hmm. But the question is, just for the sake of, of this, we used to do a feature on Mike and Mike called Either, Neither, or Both. I would ask you, are these desirable jobs, meaning head coach of the Bears, quarterback of the Browns, if you were a person with options, forget about your up-and-coming assistant who's dying to be a head coach. Every NFL head coaching job is an attractive job because there are only 32 of them. But if you're a hot commodity and you have options, are the Bears an attractive coaching job? If you're a quarterback with options, let's say Russell Wilson, let's say in a world in which Deshaun Watson is eligible and available to play, let's even go to the top of the list and say Aaron Rodgers, are the Browns a place that you would describe as an attractive destination to go be their quarterback? It's either, neither, or both Hembo. The Browns quarterback job is a very attractive one, and the Bears head coaching job is a very unattractive one. Okay, so that's one vote in either direction. Nuno, either, neither, or both. Uh, Give me the uh, Bears job 
every day of the week. Why? Hmm. Because you like Justin Fields? I think you you believe you have Justin Fields uh, and you have a good a, a really good quarterback. I so think, you think let yeah. me just stop you there. You believe you've seen enough to say you believe you have a really good quarterback in Justin Fields. I believe yes that if he is in the right situation with the right head coach that that he will be a now there's going to be a lot of you know you have to build this this roster up because the offensive line's a disaster and so forth but yep. I do believe that that job is better than being the Browns quarterback. Okay, I like it. How about you, Bubba? I agree with Nuno. I would not take the 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 Browns, I think that's a much more difficult division. You look at the Bears, I would take the Bears head coach. You do have a quarterback. I think I do have confidence in fields. I agree if you get the right coach, you can be good there. And you look at that division, you got some pretty bad teams. If Aaron Rodgers leaves, you can jump right in and you can have some success there. And I think you can build on that, and I think that's the way to go. I think the Bears, that coach, that spot is the place to be. Bears going forward has a lot of potential. That's a really good point that the Bears division, now the Bears don't have a first-round pick. They have a lot of different things that will make that job less attractive. And, and, and everything about the attractiveness of the job will be determined by what your perspective is on Justin Fields. But having said that, if Aaron Rodgers does leave the Green Bay Packers, and assuming he doesn't go to Minnesota or Detroit, then that division does go wide open. And the Bears might actually be the team that is best set at quarterback in the division. I don't know what Detroit's going to do about Jared Goff. Uh, Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, I don't know how you feel about him and how long he's going to be there. They may be in, in, on the verge of some significant change. They were certainly underwhelming in that performance last night and generally have been all year. Um, and if Rodgers leaves, the one game that we saw, it's a small sample size, but the one game of Jordan Love we saw, I ain't writing home about either. So overall... My thinking is that division might be there for the taking. Why do you like the Cleveland quarterback job so much? Because I think the infrastructure there is much better. <clears throat> it is the best pass-blocking offensive line in the league. The talent surrounding the quarterback there is at least average, if not above average. So I think you, you can essentially plug and play a quarterback situation in there because Baker Mayfield has succeeded to an extent, at least when healthy, despite us knowing now that he just really can't play drop-back quarterback at even an average level. I think if you put even an average quarterback in that infrastructure, that talent would play up. I think Baker Mayfield is sort of elevated by that roster, whereas even an average quarterback would become a, a potential pro bowler in that format. All right, it's an interesting way of looking at these things. We'll see what winds up happening. Remember, we got two more games tonight. Seahawks, Rams, Washington, Eagles. All four of those teams are in the NFL. NFC playoff picture one way or another. Seattle very much on the periphery, but they would need to run the table. We'll see what happens. Hey, tune into the ESPN Daily Podcast. Brings you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily, available wherever you enjoy your podcast. All right, coming up next, I- I'm actually quite into this. Oh, no, that, we're going to do that one a little bit later. Um, are we going to do the trivia here? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do the trivia here. Hold on. I like this trivia question. So let's do that, and then we'll jump on to a bunch of other things. Give me the trivia question, Hambo. Greeny, Aaron Rodgers right now is the betting favorite to win the MVP award. So should he do so, Aaron Rodgers would become the oldest player in NFL history to win the award in back-to-back seasons. And my question for you is, who currently owns that distinction? So who's the oldest NFL player to win back-to-back MVP awards. Mm-hmm. I like that question. We'll come back with the answer to that and a whole bunch more, and there'll be plenty of time for your phone calls in this hour as well. Stick around. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast.
Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. I like trivia. If you've listened to me for a long time or you watch our TV show in the morning, get up, then you know I really like trivia in sports. It's just, I think it's fun. And Hembo has a good one here. So give it to me again. Greeny, Aaron Rodgers is 38 years old and he won the MVP last season. And so if he should win the MVP award this year, he would become the oldest back-to-back MVP winner in the history of the NFL. And my question for you is, who is the player that currently holds that distinction? So... I've been thinking about it. There aren't too many players that have won back-to-back. It's going to be a small list. Mm -hmm. How far back does the MVP award go? The mid-50s. Oh. I hadn't factored that in. (laughs) So that makes me a little bit nervous about my choice. Because I was going to say there's not too many people. The MVP award in recent years has been heavily dominated by a small number of people. Peyton Manning won a bunch of them. Brett Favre won a bunch of them. Those two guys. And so I was trying to decide which of the two of them I thought would have been older when they won it, and, and, and I was choosing between the two of them. Now that we're going back so far, you run the risk of someone from the Packers. Like I'm, I'm thinking of like a, you know, a 60s Packers kind of an answer, like a, a, a Bart Starr or someone like that <laughs> diving into this conversation. But in the interest of moving it along, I'm going to go with what my first gut was. So my first gut response to this answer was going to be Peyton Manning. That is incorrect. Is it Favre? It is not Favre either. So Peyton Manning won the MVP at 32 and 33. Okay. The answer to this question won the MVP at 33 and 34. So just one year older. Just one year older. And it's not Favre. Is is it all the way back like in the 60s? No, no. No, it's much more recent. It's more recently than this. And he's been on top of mind for us lately. For you and me. Is it? 
All right, now I got two other options. <laughs> I mean, it could be Brady, I suppose. I, I, I hadn't thought of him because that would seem too obvious. I'm going to say Joe Montana. That is correct. Okay, fair enough. Joe I Montana won the MVP in 89 and in 90. He was 33 and 34 years old when he did it. Aaron Rodgers, is he just turned 38 earlier this now, month. Did you say you'd put all the other sports in this I do. Too? All right, yeah, let so, me hear it. So I have the, the, the oldest back-to-back MVP winner in the other three major sports. So start with baseball. Who do you think it is in baseball? All right, Bubba. The oldest back-to-back MVP winner in baseball? Well, actually, I don't even need to ask Bubba. I know who the answer to this. It has to be Barry Bonds. That is correct. Okay. Barry Bonds did it at 39 and 40. Yeah, I mean, come on. All natural. Uh, yeah. Oh, natural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did it. Absolutely. Um, okay, so that one was, was both easy and tarnished. What's the next one? Next is the NBA. Who is the oldest back-to-back MVP winner in NBA history? When in doubt. When in doubt, let me say that one more time. When in doubt, I was about to say, I was, I was going to say Kareem, but now I'm actually rethinking that. Bill Russell won a ton of MVP awards. He kept winning it in years when other people we thought might. So Russell might be the answer. Um, again, I want to move these things along here. I'm going to say the answer is Bill Russell. That is incorrect. Damn it. Who is it? It's actually Steve Nash. Oh, my God. Can you God. believe that? No, I cannot believe that. <laughs> I was stunned this morning. I, I thought it would be Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. Wilt Chamberlain is second, if you will. But uh, Steve Nash won the MVP at 31 and 32. It's the oldest back-to-back MVP wow. winner in the history okay. of the NBA. That's well done. And, and it got us to this year because, you know, today is the winter solstice. And I like tying things together. Yesterday was the LeBron solstice, if you will. An interesting tweet from someone named Brady Klopfer who tweeted yesterday, marked a lifetime, oh, excuse me, marked half a lifetime of professional basketball for King James, meaning he had been a professional basketball player for exactly as many days as he had been alive before he came into the NBA. 6,752 days from his birth until he was drafted. 6,752 days from his draft until yesterday. And LeBron tweeted back at it and just was interested in it. And it does bring up an interesting question. And for it, I'm going to bring in our own Nuno here. This is something we've talked about a lot on NBA Countdown with Stephen A. and Michael in particular, Michael Wilbon. Do you believe LeBron is done winning championships? His Lakers are a mess. Anthony Davis is hurt again because he's Anthony Davis. The Utah Jazz look really good. The Phoenix Suns look ridiculously good. The Golden State Warriors look like the best team in the NBA, and they're going to add Klay Thompson at some point along the way. LeBron is getting up there in age. He'll be 37 on, I think his birthday is Christmas or New Year's. It's, it's this week the sometime, 30th. the 30th. It's, it's very soon. He's going to be 37 years old, and even he looks like, as, as terrific as he still is, He's slowing down a little. Injuries are more of a factor. Have we seen the last of LeBron James raising the trophy? Yes or no? Nuno. It is over. Over. In it, fact, it, is over. it should say over. over. It, is it is over. It is over. You think it's over? Yes. He will play for the double amount of new, uh, new head coaches, which will be two, versus actually uh, championship appearances. No, I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> Neither do I. It sounded better in my head. You, you, you're saying Speaking that, of the, yes. You're oh, saying that Frank Vogel's going to get fired. Yeah, Frank Vogel will be fired. And they're going to bring in another else? coach. Yep. And that's going to be that. Yeah, that, it sounded way, much, way better in my head. Sorry about that. You believe he never wins another? Because when I brought this up on Countdown the other day, do you know what Michael Wilbon said to me? Gather round. Michael Wilbon said, don't assume 
that the Lakers are the last team he will play for. He said that. Interesting. And it'll be interesting to see if LeBron chooses to make a decision at the end of his career that the late, great, and beloved Kobe Bryant did not. Is he going to go to the Wizards? No, no, no. Well, no. Is <laughs> he going to the Bulls? That doesn't seem likely, but there could be places. And and in theory, one of them could be Cleveland. Mm. You're paying very, we are paying very little attention to how good Cleveland is. Let's take the team out of it. Let's just, let's just, let's just fact it, uh, focus on one thing. Kobe Bryant finished his career as a Laker, got to play all his years, all that, never left the Lakers and all that, and that's all great. And we love him, and every conversation about Kobe, I mean, I knew him and I loved him. Every conversation about Kobe is... is with a tinge of sadness. But what he did decide to do at the end of his career was to remain the focal point of a team mm. rather than being sort of a contributing player on a potential championship team to each his own. What is that expression? I'd rather be um, serve in heaven than whatever the, whatever. I'm, I'm mixing up my metaphors here. The point is Kobe could have at that point taken a bunch less money if he wanted to, signed somewhere else if he wanted to, and been the second or third best player on a championship team if he had gone somewhere that they were ready to win. He chose not to do that. Nothing wrong with that. LeBron might do that as well. Or he might look around the situation at the age of 38, 39, and say, you know what, I want to play another year or two. I want to play till my son can come in the NBA, whatever the reasoning might be, and go play someplace where he isn't going to be the best player on that championship team. He won't be the MVP of the finals if they win it. That's a decision Kobe never wanted to make. I wonder if LeBron would be interested in making it. I, I do too. I think LeBron is more likely to make that decision and also has the skill set whenever he wants to just become a power forward and move off the ball some. The problem is he was also seemingly a pretty, big, pretty important part of the decision-making process this offseason, and they made the disastrous decision to bring in Russell Westbrook, and now Anthony Davis is not only hurt, but wasn't even playing well beforehand. I agree with Nuno. It's not going to happen for him there, at least not with this collection of players, but I would not put it past LeBron to evolve one more time and win another title or two in a different role. All right, so let's let Bubba have the final word on this, because Bubba knows about it, and many may not know this. But Bubba, long before he began his career in radio broadcasting, Bubba was actually clairvoyant. He was a psychic, and he would do tarot card readings and all that kind of stuff. And he was very, very good at it. Um, in, in some ways, I think, sort of perfected that whole industry. So give me the uh, – close your eyes and, and imagine the future. Will LeBron play for another team besides the Lakers in his NBA career, Bubba? Yes. He will. He so says yes, and if Bubba says so, I'm telling you right now, it will unquestionably come true. Greeny, the podcast. Brainstorm. What is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning? Noise-canceling headphones? Meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's 
best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to all other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash greenie. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, I am Greeny, and I'm about to play Santa Claus here on ESPN Radio. In 30 seconds, we'll take your calls at 888-SAY-ESPN. What is your Christmas wish? What is the one thing you want as a sports fan more than anything else? I'll tell you that after this uh, word from Man in the Arena. So the host is Gotham Chopra, and he explores what Tom Brady has meant to football and the world in Man in the Arena, a new podcast from ESPN Plus and Religion of Sports. It's a companion piece to the docuseries on ESPN Plus, 10-part podcast, improbable ripple effects of Brady's career. Fascinating stuff. Podcast is brought to you by State Farm, ZipRecruiter, and Rocket Mortgage. Listen and follow Man in the Arena now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and stream the docuseries on ESPN+. All right, Bobby, give me some music today as we're going to come to the phone lines here. I'm your Santa Claus. What is it you want for Christmas as a sports fan? Bubba, who's first? We'll start with Ethan. Ethan, you're on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. What do you want for Christmas? Hey, Santa, how you doing? Good. I, uh, as a resident of Indianapolis and Tom Brady recently opening the door, I went Carl Wentz, Carson Wentz's brother, the one who does not throw with his left hand, to lead the Colts to the Super Bowl. I don't think it's impossible. You know, I mean, the Wentz factor is crazy here, and Hembo is an Eagle fan. Like, you're always pointing out the Wentzian piece of all this. The numbers are really good, and we have fixated that one terrible game where he had that one terrible moment and threw, if I recall correctly, two awful interceptions in that one game. And they are quite dependent on Jonathan Taylor, but that's okay. Carson Wentz can be good enough with that running game, that defense, and everything else to take that team to a Super Bowl, can't he? He can, and Carson Wentz, for as much as I hate to admit it, is playing a lot better than most people are giving him credit for. That's, that's what I think most that's definitely. The, you just said it better than I should have just said it. He's playing better than we're giving him credit for because we're very hesitant to do so, and we fixate on the bad moments. And a lot of people just generally have it in for him for whatever the reasons are. But the truth is he's playing well, and that team is good, and they're peaking at the right time. I do not think, you know what, I will grant that wish as your Santa Claus today, Ethan, the Colts to the Super Bowl sounds like a real possibility to me. Bubba, who's next? Let's go to Jay. Jay, you're on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Jay, what do you want for Christmas? I want Aaron Rodgers to go ahead and get the MVP to Super Bowl, become Paladin, do one-year option contracts, and go to the Browns in a trade, win a Super Bowl there, 
do that a couple times, and then maybe he can go from boat to boat because he'll win Super Bowls with three or four teams like LeBron has tried to do. It's an interesting one, you know, and he's thank you very much for the call, Jay, and a Merry Christmas. The, the, the idea, I, I always call Brady the goat and Rogers the boat. Now, Brady has done that. That's the problem. Like, you can't, you can't even top Brady by winning with multiple franchises. He is the only, no, no, Manning was a starting, Peyton and, and Brady are the only two quarterbacks to win as the starter for two different teams. That's do I correct. have that right? You do. In the Super Bowl? Um, so he can't even top him with that. Look, there's going to be no topping Brady for accomplishment. Whoever it is that is someday going to top Tom Brady in a, for accomplishment in pro football is not in pro football yet. That, that person has not yet been born. Or maybe he's been born. Maybe he's like right now in a backyard somewhere throwing a football through a you know, tire or whatever it is that people are still doing that. But he's not playing pro football yet. That said, Rodgers, if he wins the Super Bowl in Green Bay and then walks, where would we put that on the list of just boss moves? I mean, what, what could be a bigger... I'm not sure what the adjective is. What, what, how would we describe what that move would be if he wins a championship in Green Bay and says, all right, I'm out of here, guys. Thanks. Well, take me through Michael Jordan's last season. Like, the, the details of that. They won and they broke that team up. A, it went into a lockout. B, they had said ahead of time, they're breaking the team up, breaking the team up, breaking the team up. And Phil left and Scotty left. The team didn't bring back Phil. Scotty left as a free agent. Michael Jordan was working on a year, a, a, a series of one-year contracts. He definitely would have come back and done it again. And if you watched um, The Last Dance, he said, like, you got to give us a chance to go out on our, on our shield. One of the reasons those teams are so beloved is we never saw them beaten. Like, you usually see the great champions lose at the end. It's, it gives you a little closure. We never got the closure with Michael Jordan. He never lost. He won three in a row, then he left. Then he came back, he won three in a row, and he left. And he came back in Washington just sort of like almost like as a museum piece so we could observe him one more time before he went away forever. But that's So Michael Jordan, he did not leave. They broke that team up. And there's no question he is still bitter about that decision. Uh, Greeny, and your chance to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper calling line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. College football bowl season is here. Fans are hyped. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Bubba, who's next? Next up, we have Rob. All right, Rob, uh, what would you like for Christmas, my friend? So here's a dream thing. Jacksonville Jaguars make an unprecedented hire and go out and get Tony Dungy, Lewis Riddick, and their coach is Byron Lefwich. Well, what is Tony Dungy doing if Byron Leftwich is the coach? <laughs> Tony Dungy's an advisor to change the culture of that entire organization. No, I like that. I tell you what, I, I, I mean, I, I, I like the song you're singing. Uh, they need someone to go in there and clean up a mess. Urban Meyer left behind a mess that I think may be even greater than we know publicly, right? That, that guy was, look, what can you say? You can't do a job worse than Urban Meyer did that <laughs> job from top to bottom. So they've got a lot of work to do there to clean that situation up. The coach that I keep hearing mentioned, and I'm not suggesting it's coming from Jacksonville, but amongst my group on Get Up, everyone is sort of campaigning for Jim Caldwell, who you remember succeeded Tony in Indianapolis. Players love him, adult in the room, started out as an offensive coach. His tenure in Detroit looks better and better by the day. He feels like a guy who might get a shot there. So I could see him as the head coach. Lewis Riddick, look, Lewis is going to run the show somewhere, I believe. I don't know where. I don't know. They have Trent Baalke as their GM. Are they going to get rid of him too? I've not heard that. I don't know that one way or the other. Um, 
So I, I believe Lewis Riddick will wind up somewhere in the NFL. I don't. I wouldn't expect it to be there, but certainly they need a coach. Jim Caldwell, look, Tony Dungy, if you could talk Tony into playing any role with your organization, I'm in. You don't need to sell me on Tony Dungy. I love him. That's a good call. Thank you very much. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? We got Ryan. All right, Ryan, what would you like for Christmas? I need you to send me a third superstar to the Celtics so that we can pair, pair him up with the Jays and save our season. Uh, also, I'm hearing a breaking news report that the Giants have hired George Costanza as a new marketing director, <laughs> and he promises to send Snow Tire Day and cotton uniforms out this weekend. <laughs> Very well played. I absolutely love it. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. And that obviously is Frank Costanza, not George Costanza, but it's the only Seinfeld drop I have on my screen handy, and I am delighted that you... uh, Any reference to George Costanza at any time of year is a delight. George, of course, did that role. He was the assistant to the traveling secretary for Steinbrenner's Yankees at one time. Um, So I'm all in on that reference. What was the sports point he made? Oh, uh, a third star for Boston... So uh, we do talk about this on NBA Countdown a lot. Will Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, is that combination going to be good enough to win in the Eastern Conference? Do you need to break them up? And if so, are you, we would assume you're going to build around Tatum because as good as Brown is, and he's very good, Tatum is the guy who looks like a future MVP. So do you trade Jalen Brown? Boy, they really just let that thing get away from them, didn't they? The Celtics were a team that had all this dry powder and trade ammunition, all that kind of stuff, and really good young talent. They looked like they were knocking on the door of being the next NBA dynasty. And they let the whole thing get away. It's, 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 it's frustrating. I was up there recently, you know, for we did Countdown from the floor there a couple of weeks ago. And um, it's just not a great team. I mean, they've been surpassed in the Eastern Conference by, by seven, eight teams. Like they, they are right now probably realistically, if fully healthy, at best, the fifth or sixth best team in the Eastern Conference, and at worst, you know, like a play-in tournament kind of team. So maybe they do need to do something drastic there. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Next up, we have Gerald. All right, Gerald, what would you like for Christmas? Hey, Greeny. Um, I need tickets to go see Michigan with the national championship. So you got, you got two games to win. So the first one is in Miami, right? Orange Bowl? Is that, that New Year's Eve, right? Yes, the games are on, on the mm-hmm. eve this year. So New Year's Eve, you got Michigan. That's a tough game. Michigan-Georgia, how do, how do you see that game? We haven't really done the, – the problem with the, with the college stuff is that there's just this long hiatus. And I know it's always been that way, and they do it for finals and everything. I'm not complaining. But, like, I feel like I haven't, I haven't even started thinking about that game yet. It's going to sneak up on us. Alabama-Cincinnati is – Look, God bless you, Cincinnati. I'm so happy for you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you got in. And no one should knock them because Alabama has beaten a lot of teams by 30 points. They obliterated Ohio State and uh, Notre Dame last year. So no one should say a word when they obliterate Cincinnati. But Michigan, Georgia has a chance to be epic, right? It does. I, I was surprised that the line was what it was. Georgia is now a seven and a half point favorite in that game. To me, I think it's a fairly close game. Michigan has shown this year that they can play with anybody, or at least on their schedule. And I think Georgia's good. But Georgia has a quarterback that's going to go pro in something other than sports. Right. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I don't think they're going to win the game by two touchdowns. M- Michigan um, has had a better season. I mean, there's no question. Mm-hmm. You look at Michigan's body of work this year and Georgia's body of work, Michigan's is infinitely better. Now, that doesn't mean they're a better team. 
But it definitely, they, they definitely are deserving of having the higher seat. All right, excellent calls. Thank you, everybody, for all of those phone calls. Uh, it is my delight to be your Santa Claus. I want to do one more thing, because Hembo told me something in our meeting this morning that I, I think... I just want you to know. So do you remember, uh, Bubba, not long ago when I asked Nuno to name his best friend, and he really struggled to do it. Oh, I remember. And, and, he, <laughs> and, and he essentially defined his best friend as someone who would go to jail for him. Like, I, it's oh, a, yeah. a very strange, um, you know, someone who would keep a secret. Like very the, memorable moment on Greeny. A very strange way of, of defining your best friend. So in a roundabout way, Hembo and I got to talking this morning about his best friend. And I would say, Hembo, you have the strangest relationships in your life. Tell Bubba what you told me about your best friend this morning. First of all, what's his name? My best friend's name is John. John. Okay. John, John has gone to jail for me several times. <laughs> so I can be, assume. Yeah, you live such a dangerous know. lifestyle. Very much so. But anyway, tell, 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 Nuno, uh, tell well, Nuno and Bubba about John's latest decision regarding his diet. Yeah, so John has spent much of the pandemic seemingly watching Netflix documentaries and thus has decided over the last few months that he is now vegan. He is going to become a vegan. Now, I like your point about the Netflix documentaries. There is all this data out there. I have found myself intrigued by it as well about veganism and whether it's, could I really do it and all that. So I, I by no means have I done it, nor am I suggesting that I would, but I am somewhat titillated Mm -hmm. by the very notion of it now john however has sort of a strange twist yeah john doesn't eat vegetables he doesn't eat vegetables so like ever he just john has never eaten a vegetable or a salad and the only way in which he will consume fruit what do you mean never is through a smoothie as in like when he comes over to the house to eat which we have done hundreds of times in our lives never once has I, have I seen anything green ever enter his body? Uh, and Al Michael says the same thing. I saw this. He was on with, uh, with uh, McAfee, and he said that he's never eaten a vegetable in his life until Michelle Tafoya snuck some Brussels sprouts onto a plate one time, what? and he thought they were French fries. True story. Uh, am I getting that wrong? I, I, I thought I saw that this week. Al Michael said he's never eaten a vegetable. And Michael Kay has been on the show talking about all these weird dietary things. It happens, Bubba. It happens. I mean, People don't eat things. But... but I- didn't their parents like make him have it as a kid? I don't. I don't but let's know. even say take the, the the childhood out of it. Let's just say that as an adult, he doesn't eat vegetables. Okay, he is becoming a vegan, right? But not going to eat vegetables. <laughs> yeah. Now the root of those words are both V E G for a reason. Yeah. Veganism is essentially <laughs> built on vegetables, right? Yeah. Do I have that wrong? No, you do not. Like I get, you have to That's eat. That's my other understanding things. of it. But if all you're eating, so what is he going to eat? Um, is he already doing this? Yes, he's already doing it. What's I, I, he eating? I asked him to send me a picture of his what, breakfast. Was he like nuts? He he was eating this morning for breakfast two sandwiches in between, like, like an English muffin um, as his bread with eight. Vegan meatballs and and vegan shredded cheese, which just can't be better for you than almost anything else. That's a that's choose. a vegan meatball sandwich. <laughs> which l- let's analyze all the ways. First of all, I don't think you even have eight meatballs in a regular meatball sandwich. <laughs> no. that, that sounds like way too many meatballs. <laughs> that's a lot of meatballs. Yeah. Unless he's got the little mini meatballs. No, they're regular meatballs. He ate eight vegan meatballs. That's too many meatballs for a regular sandwich. So so, so I, th- the issues I have with this are many and varied. One of them is, generally speaking, I think people become vegans 
to pursue a healthier lifestyle. Right. That sounds like the unhealthiest meal I've ever heard in my entire life. John's putting on weight. Now, I don't... He's gaining weight. <laughs> I saw him last week. He's yeah, an extremely he's unhealthy... He's going to be a fat, unhealthy <laughs> vegan, is essentially what... Of which you never meet one. Like, I've never met anyone who looks really unhealthy, and they're like, yes, Greeny, I just became a vegan. He'll be the first. So, this... Hembo... Between Nuno's friends going to prison and Hembo's friends being vegetable-free vegans, we got a problem. We'll solve this by tomorrow. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.